Today's sponsor is Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash recode and using the promo code recode. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Videoblocks, a stock media company with clips that everyone can afford. With a Videoblocks subscription, you get unlimited daily downloads from a library of 115,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and cinemagraphs. On average, subscribers pay less than a dollar per download over the course of a year. Everything is 100% royalty-free. Even if you cancel your subscriptions, you keep what you download and maintain usage rights forever. Get your yearly subscription today for only $99 at videoblocks.com slash ask. And finally, we also like to thank Qualcomm for making today's show possible. First, they connected the phone to the internet. Now they're connecting the internet to everything else. Qualcomm, they're the restless inventors bringing the future forward faster. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Editor of Technology at The Verge. And this is Too Embarrassed to Ask, a podcast that's all about making technology easier to understand and use. If you have questions about technology that you've been too embarrassed to ask, you have found the right podcast. Send all of your questions to Kara. Anytime of the night, <laughs> you can call her. Her number is 415. <laughs> you better not. Yes. And you can tweet her to at Kara Swisher. Just send them all to Kara. Okay. A lot of you are asking how to submit your questions, and Lauren is entirely incorrect. So here's the best way to do it. First, you can tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. That's two R's and two S's and embarrassed in case you cannot spell. We also have an email address now, which Kara personally checks and it's <laughs> responds to all the time. And that is too embarrassed at recode.net. That's two R's, two S's, and of course, the dot net. The dot net. We were putting the sexy back in dot net. <laughs> but you know, it's, I also have a, one that's called too embarrassed of Lauren Good, but that's just my own personal. <laughs> Send all of your complaints about me to Kara. She's uh, heard them all. Uh, yeah. You can find all of our past episodes on iTunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask and while you're there leave us a review five stars five stars so Kara how mm-hmm. are you feeling after our juice overdose last I'm week I'm feeling good about Juicero that worked out rather well Juicero Juicero, Juicero. it was I, good I, I was some mildly tweeting. surprised that I liked it so much that you liked the juice or the juice everything itself? about it I, li- I, I was poised to dislike it entirely and I did not well there was so much attention on it when it first came out people yeah. were saying it was ridiculous the wireless and, juicer yeah yeah why does it need Wi-Fi and yeah. why is it $700 and Eve Bahar design another thing for your kitchen yeah it's sort of but you know what it's actually if you're going to spend if you do some back of the envelope math and you're the type of person that's going to spend ten dollars a day on juice anyway it's worth it it's kind of a cool it's thing. kind of cool it it's is. kind of cool i just don't the packets part is what got me it's like but i get it i get why they're doing it that way i just feel like you could be left without anything if there was problems at juicero yeah and yeah. doug is a really interesting guy yes he's very earnest and passionate about yes, his project juicing. and so if you're interested in anything we've just said at all <laughs> And the Even guy who's the not, you should go guy, listen Maliki to last week's. Amazon is really amazing. It's an, it's an yeah. interesting team, for it sure. It really is a yep. super smart company. So what are we going to be drinking today? Kombucha? I don't drink Soylent kombucha. coffee? No, I do not. I drink. I had a delightful lunch with the CEO of Reddit today, and we enjoyed some lovely iced tea. Well, did you have Soylent iced tea? No, we just had regular iced tea. It was delicious. Oh, all right. So you're so normcore. I know. It's true. Well, maybe another day. All right. Well, today... We're going to be talking about back-to-school technology because it is actually back-to-school season, which is crazy. Here on the West Coast, I've seen a bunch of people in my Facebook feed already posting photos of their kids going back to school. Lewis Swisher goes back to school. Your kids are going back to school on the East Coast? Freshman year, my son is going to high school. 
my oh oldest. Oh my goodness. I know, I know. It's amazing. Yeah, so Thursday is when Soon he's going to be driving. You know what? crazy. Hopefully we'll have self-driving cars by then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope. Yeah. But yeah, it's back to school. I, you know, I haven't been in schools, you know, since the last century, sometime in the last century. and uh, Which is I, not an exaggeration, but I guess. Yes, no, it's not in any way an exaggeration. I'm quite old, Lauren Good, as well you know. But uh, I think, you know, everyone feels good at, in the fall, back to school. They, there's something about it that's fresh, don't you think? Yeah, it triggers this idea, even if yeah. you're no longer in school or far yeah. removed from school, it triggers this idea, this like seasonal thing in your mm, body. Change, like it should be hope. a fresh start. New clogs. Get new clothes. <laughs> They had clogs when I was in school and cowl necks. Thick wool sweaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tweed so, and plaid. Yeah, it's good. But, they, but there's a lot of back-to-school tech that's worth your time and money. There is. We've been asked about it a lot. In fact, earlier this week, TheVerge.com put out a big back-to-school yes. guide, not just gadgets, but things like the best bathrobe you can buy. And so I encourage you to check that out. But today we're going to bring in a very special guest. Jackie Chang is the editor-in-chief of The Wirecutter, and she's joining us via Skype from her office in Chicago. Hey, Jackie, thank you for joining us. Hi, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you're going to tell us all the back to school stuff, correct? This is what I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, all right. So, first, before we start, let's talk about what wire cutter is. We, Lauren and I, both love wire cutter and Sweet Home. And so, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing uh, because it's one of uh, techie people's very favorite sites. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that. So, wire cutter and Sweet Home. I guess I would say that we are a set of sites that kind of cut through the stress and time spent of shopping by helping readers get actionable, quick advice on what to buy. So what we do is, you know, we we research and test like crazy in all these different product categories. And we try to only test the, you know, the best ones that we find after we've already done a bunch of research and talked to experts. And then we kind of just try to tell you that one or two things that you are the best. You only pick a few. You don't category. give us the whole panoply, correct? Like, as, I think, right, yeah. Where did you work? Did you work at CNET? Or? I used to be at Ars Technica. That's right. So, but mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. these sites, they give like 20 different things. And you guys just really just pick one, which is, I think, super useful, one or two. No, they do like one, yes, they do yes. like a budget one. Yeah. And why yeah, is that? Because you're just saying this um, is the best or? Well, yeah. So we usually do one main pick. And the idea is basically to cut out all the extra, you know, if you're normally doing comparison shopping on the web, you, I'm sure you know, you're usually reading like thousands and thousands and yeah. thousands of words. And so the idea is to cut all that out, you know, give one recommendation. And then, yeah, we usually try to do a budget recommendation and like an upgrade. I would say those are our two main like other audiences besides, you know, kind of everybody is the people who are money conscious and the people who like want to upgrade everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then sometimes there's like one or two kind of offshoot recommendations, but we try to stick to those main, you know, simple ones. Yeah. And now I should point out that our colleague Peter Kafka did a Recode Media podcast not too long ago with uh, your colleague at the Wirecutter and Sweet Home, Brian Lamb. And that is an excellent podcast if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about the business model that they're working under, because it's a little different from some traditional tech reviews. The reviews tend to be very long, very granular, as Jackie is saying. They also do affiliate linking, um, and that's sort of how they're making money. Um, and that's super interesting. So check that out. But for today, we're going to we're going to stick to the, the topic at hand. Um, Jackie, I have to say, like, not to go too off topic, but my boyfriend is quite possibly the biggest fan of Wirecutter and Sweet Home, and Sweet Home <laughs> specifically. And I feel maybe once every couple of weeks I come home and there's some new kitchen gadget or like sheets or olive oil. I mean, literally, you guys just review everything. And, and I'll say, why did you get that? And I'll say, well, it was on the Sweet Home. And I, they saved <laughs> me nine months of research because of the way that they compile all this stuff. So so you've got 
not a fan here. And I'm like, hey, do you ever read the Verge reviews? And he's like, <laughs> he's like sometimes. I hear that Lauren Good works. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to school. So back to school. How big are, I mean, gadgets have always been big, even when I was in school in when Ronald Reagan was president. Um, <laughs> the gadgets were big. And I don't remember what they were. It might have been like a Sony Walkman at the time. But um, I think mm-hmm. it, in fact, was. Um, so what are the gadgets? How big are they this year with going back to school? So I, you know, we take a very... I would almost say a very like human kind of holistic approach. So we're not, I would say that we don't try to like say that you should be using every single gadget. So that is one thing I would say, you know, as far as school goes, I think the important ones are the key ones to just like getting your, your stuff done. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's probably laptop battery packs are really, you know, becoming huge right now, not just because of school, but because of Pokemon go and because of travel and just in general, Headphones, you know, exercise headphones in particular tend to be like popular among students, probably for lots of reasons. But, you know, even among people who are not huge exercisers, like even when I was in school, I was not into working out, but I loved exercise headphones just because they're waterproof. So, you know, they're kind of useful for when people dump drinks on you in the cafeteria, (laughs) things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. And then from there, it kind of depends on what you really need. So, you know, college students, I noticed today um, on Twitter, a few college students were asking about like Wi-Fi accessories for the dorm. So there might be some of that. Wi-Fi routers are always nice if you're going to like live with friends off campus. It kind of depends on what, I guess, what you're doing and like how old you are too, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what school you're really going to. Right. There's a big difference between living in a dorm room or off campus housing versus, mm-hmm. you know, going into your freshman year like Louis Swisher is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're putting you on the spot a little bit, Jackie, but maybe, it's okay. um, you know, you have some of these handy because you guys do rank these things as the best. Um, what would you say are your personal top five for just those categories you talked about for what people need going back to school? So a uh, laptop is obviously, I think it's kind of an obvious one, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people buy new laptops going into school. So I, I think we'd recommend ultrabooks for most people in general because they are both thin and durable and not too, too expensive. So we like the Dell XPS 13 for Windows, if that's your thing, or mm-hmm. the MacBook Air 13-inch. The only problem there is obviously that Apple has not updated their laptops yet this year. So that's one thing that if you can wait, you might want to wait, but you don't necessarily have to. You know, if you're dying for a laptop now and you need one, MacBook Air is great. And I, it's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, More so than the MacBook the, the core yeah MacBook. you know mm-hmm. i'm not a huge fan of the the macbook macbook and the macbook pro is a little heavy for me <laughs> so heavy. i'm kind of secretly hoping they keep the air air around but i suspect they may not i'm not so, gonna age we'll, myself when i went to college it was like a small suitcase i had a k-pro <laughs> so did you have shoulder pads i did i had shoulder pads you know what i'm gonna feather hair house. there is a very good charlie rose interview with me and michael wolf about the internet at the beginning of the internet, and I'm wearing shoulder pads. And I had feathered hair, and someday I'll let you enjoy it. Um, but in any case, um, so the smaller the, the better is what you're thinking, mm-hmm. Jackie. Like, it's just like... Yeah, I think that if you're going to have this as a tool that you're carrying around with you all over the place, uh, you don't want to kill your shoulders, but you do want to make sure it can run your stuff. So, yeah, But people don't use laptops as much, do they? I mean, do kids use laptops as much as they used to, or do they need them? I, I don't use mine as much as I used to. Yeah, you know what? I don't use mine as much as I used to either. I, I think it depends, um, especially for college students. I, I actually just yesterday, just to make sure I wasn't 
too old for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually asked a bunch of our younger staff members um, <laughs> how they had taken notes in school. And actually, a lot of people said that they did not use like a computer or anything. They loved to just take notes like on a normal notepad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if kids are really into that or not. Yeah. <laughs> what so, do you think, kids? Kid, kids, <laughs> tell us, kids. <laughs> yeah. What, what else? What else? What's another thing that's important? Um, so I mentioned battery packs. Mm-hmm. I think that this is one that like almost literally everybody probably could use mm-hmm. unless you like never leave the house, which is possible. We have a huge variety My of ideal battery- world. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. We have a huge variety of battery pack recommendations depending on like your use case. Um, the one that I like is a really thin one. It's called the travel card. It's almost like a credit card basically. And you can slip it into your wallet. And this one in particular, because it's so thin, it has a little bit less capacity. So it probably has like a 50% charge or something for your iPhone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's great for, you know, if you're caught out at night and you need uh, to grab an Uber home or whatever. We have a few others. Like, we really like the Amazon Basics power bank as kind of a go-to battery. So it's one that Amazon makes. That's one that Amazon Yeah, makes. right. Amazon makes a lot of their own stuff now that is branded Amazon. And w- they do pretty well in our tests. Not every single thing, but for the most part, their their stuff is pretty solid. Wow. Uh, so their battery pack is one of our favorites. And that's the thin ones. Are they? Are, how, how many charges do you get? Because I tend to run out. And the, when I have, I think I do have the travel card and it, it's great, but it runs out really quickly. Right. Yeah. The travel card is probably has like not that much battery. Um, the, the Amazon basics is, I want to say it's like huge. It's probably like 16,000 milliamps or something. Oh, wow. So that's going to be multiple charges on your smartphone and probably your friend's smartphones. Okay. Um, so that's a good one to have right. if you're going to like actually get on a plane and go somewhere mm-hmm. and you're not really sure where, where the next outlet is. Yeah, right. absolutely. You mentioned headphones earlier and I should note that in your guys' wireless sport headphone review, you guys landed upon the JLab Epic 2s as your top pick, and then you recently updated it and said those are still the best. And in our This Is My Next series, The Verge also voted for the JLab Epic 2s as the best uh, wireless headphones for your, why? for your buck. Tell us why. Well, I'll let Jackie explain Jackie. their reasoning, and then I can see if our opinions align on that. Well, that's a, actually now that you've spiked my, <laughs> my curiosity, I wanted to know why you guys liked it. I guess I would say that we... They came out in our original test because it was the perfect balance of that kind of like price with with features. And then also they did really well with our kind of waterproofing tests and sweat tests. And then we had to reevaluate them because they had some I think they had run into some quality issues and and whatnot. But ultimately, they came back and a lot of readers bought them, too, and told us that they loved them. So we just kind of, uh, you know, tested them against the new stuff and just decided that it was still the best balance overall of all those just, you know, being able to get them wet and also in this kind of like mid-range price. But what did you guys think? Well, similar. So the battery life is pretty good. They get 12 hours Mm -hmm. per charge, which for me, Bluetooth headphones are always just generally annoying because you have to charge them and pair them. But if you have to go with Bluetooth, you know, you want something that that has a really long battery life per charge. And then they had, one of the reasons why I voted for them over something like the Plantronics Backbeak Fit is that the J-Labs still had a pretty standard three button remote and microphone. Um, whereas the Plantronics mm-hmm. Backbeat Fit had these interactive earbuds that every time I went to go adjust them in my ears, I would accidentally skip a song or something like that because I was touching the earbuds, which is where all the controls are. A lot of people like that. Like, like the idea of these interactive earbuds that you're just going to like stick in your, you know, but I tend to still like just having a three button 
you know, microphone and remote that will control your phone. So either case, we looked at about a dozen different pairs and those are the ones we went with. So a hundred bucks might still be a lot for some college kids, especially high schoolers. So there are some ones out there you can get for less. Yeah. All right. So headphones, laptop, charger, what else? Charger. Yeah. What else, Jackie? You got got to get to five, Jackie. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, Well, one of my favorites, I'm, this is kind of a cheat because we talked about battery packs, but Mm -hmm. we just published this new thing on battery packs that are meant for laptops. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, so, and it's, we're calling it best portable AC power supply because it's kind of generic, but um, you can use it for anything. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, 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 exactly. It doesn't have to be just for laptops, I guess is what I'm saying. It it has kind of your standard AC power outlet. Mm -hmm. So the one that we like is by charge tech. And again, it's kind of a balance between like these huger batteries. You can get some really big ones that mm-hmm. like, I think there's a one by like goal zero that is huge, but this one is good because it's the size of a book maybe. And you can slip it into your laptop bag or, or whatever and carry it around. And you can probably charge your laptop maybe two or three times wow. off of it. Or you can plug, I think it has USB. It does have USB ports. So you can even plug your smartphone in too, and then just charge everything you have. That's one of my favorites because I, if there's anything that I hate, it's it's hunting for a power outlet for my laptop. Like in the airport. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Hunger Games in the airport. I'm going to get one of those. Yeah. 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 For yeah. real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can even, if you want to make friends, you could, uh, you could share. like plug a travel, <laughs> yeah, plug like a splitter into it and share and whatever, you know, oh, I think, wow. I think it's, it's just nice to have. And, it, you know, if you go camping or just traveling in general, like it's nice to have. So I, I really like you're that you're camping, one. you're supposed to not bring your laptop, but that's, I, I see, but I don't <laughs> well, do that. So I don't like the idea it. of it as like social lubrication. Social, yeah. Like, you know, instead of being like, Hey, are you going to the keg party on Saturday? It's Let's like, share would you like to energy. use my charge tech? Let's share some energy. Yeah. <laughs> You want some amps hey, from me? Like you All right, some last, last one, Jackie. What else? Something weird. Give us something weird. <laughs> oh, something. man, something weird? Wow, that's going to be a hard or one. Or it doesn't have to be weird. Um, this might be kind of weird, but maybe like nerdy weird. So I alluded to this earlier, but um, I know what it's like personally to live in an apartment with a bunch of people and have the Wi-Fi be really terrible. Mm-hmm. So what we did at that time in my life was put up a bunch of Wi-Fi extenders and if you are in that same scenario where you're on campus or off campus and you're trying to figure out the Wi-Fi situation and make it go further than it normally goes, I think that's a good option. We like this one by TP-Link. It's like the AC1750 or something. Mm-hmm. And it kind of works just like your standard Wi-Fi extender. Um, just make sure that you can connect to it from far away. And then there you go. Your so you just need the password and, and then you, you go on, correct? Yeah. yeah. And I think that this is a better solution than, I think Powerline networking is becoming more and more popular lately, mm-hmm. which is also actually kind of like a super old technology. But at least for us on Wirecutter, like people are going to that guide all the time. But I think that an extender is way better because, number one, if you're renting, um, you're not going to really know what the power situation is in this apartment that you're in like you're probably not going to have access to things that are going on behind the walls and so that is going to affect the performance of power line networking whereas wi-fi extender you know obviously just kind of uses wi-fi so you don't have to deal with like anything that's happening in the build of your apartment right in a minute we're actually going to read aloud some of the questions we've gotten from our too embarrassed to ask fans but before we go make some money with ad reads, why don't we talk about what was your favorite gadget when you went back to school back in the day? My bucket that I put my shampoo in. <laughs> Is that <laughs> even a gadget? That's a gadget. I don't know. I'll have to think about what that. What kind of what was special about the bucket? It just was very useful. I carried it back and forth to the bathroom. Really? Everything's a technology, Lauren, even back in the old days. Did you have like a little transistor radio? And Yeah, I had a transistor radio. Did you have something to no, take I had a, on? No, I had a MacBook. The first Mac. That's what oh, I had. Oh, I was going to say. It was heavy as fuck. It was heavy as fuck. 
<laughs> Jackie, what about you? At the time, I was really into my webcam. <laughs> I had like a webcam stream on my website at the time. So that was my thing. I don't know. It was my roommates got into it too. So there was like a whole show of people who would come by all the time. That's pretty hilarious. It was built into your laptop or was it an accessory? No, at this time, it was probably like a fancy quick cam or something. It was like the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. I had yeah. a compact. I also started undergrad in the late 90s and had a compact PC my second year and it had a CD burner, which was a really big deal because we may or may not have been downloading songs off Napster at the time and everyone wanted to make CDs, but not everybody had a CD burner. So my compact PC became like CD burner central. In a minute, we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners. But first, while others have been talking about 5G, Qualcomm has been creating it. Just as they pioneered many 3G technologies, they're now developing the technologies that will connect everything and leading the world to 5G. For years, they've been pushing the boundaries of LTE, collaborating with industry leaders and spearheading research efforts to make 5G a reality. Their innovations are critical to developing a wireless network designed to meet our world's ever-increasing data demands. 5G will provide a layer of connectivity fabric that is fundamental to everyday life. It will impact our jobs, our cities, our homes, and ourselves. So I've got a question for all of you. When you imagine a truly connected world, what comes to mind? Tell us your idea on Twitter, use the hashtags WhyWait and Sweeps, and we'll pick one lucky winner to have lunch with me and Lauren Good from Too Embarrassed to Ask. Tweet your idea, at hashtag WhyWait and hashtag Sweeps, and you might get to break bread with Lauren and me either in person or virtually via some device that Qualcomm probably invented. For contest rules, please visit recode.net slash whywait. You must be 18 to enter. The deadline is September 9th, and the monetary value of this lunch is 0.18 Bitcoin. Today's show is also sponsored by Videoblocks, a stock media company that everyone can afford. With a Videoblocks subscription, you get unlimited daily downloads from a library of 115,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and cinemagraphs. On average, subscribers pay less than a dollar per download over the course of a year. This is the same content you'd have on more expensive sites, it's just way cheaper. Videoblocks is always adding new content to the library so it stays fresh. As a subscriber, you get everything 100% royalty-free even if you cancel your subscription. You heard that right, whether you're working on a personal or a commercial project, you pay zero royalties and keep what you download forever. Videoblocks is offering our listeners a one-year subscription for $99. This is $50 off the usual price tag for our listeners only. That's less than $10 a month. Get your yearly subscription today for only $99 at videoblocks.com slash asked. That's videoblocks, which is V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash ask, A-S-K, for this exclusive offer. You know, what's really interesting is that every era has different tech. Like, it depends. And I was joking about the shampoo buggy, but, you know, I had the Mac and it was heavy and it didn't save. And, you know, it was just the beginnings of that, but mostly a typewriter. I mean, really, um, it was just beginning to have computerized things. And I think there was no digital music players. You had tape and you made mixed tapes for people. I mean, I remember making a mixtape for someone I dated. And it was very weepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And so, you know, I found my mixtapes the other day and they're fantastic, I have to say. I'm but, sure. You know, but it's, you know, I'd it didn't have records. Records was high school, but then mixtapes yeah. and then 
CD-ROMs and, you know, every era of kids gets a new thing. I mean, I honestly can't imagine the pressure that's on parents now to buy this stuff for their kids to go well, back to school. Tr- yes, indeed. Because when we were going back, it was like, here's a new box of pencils and a trapper keeper and yeah. a marble composition yeah. notebook. Well, they still use Oh, those. I know. They still you use know? the paper. They still use it. But less and less. Everything in my kids' school is on every assignment. Everything's online. It's still the same math, which I still don't understand after all these years. But it, they just use different devices. And so it's just you do have to keep up on it and, and try to resist some of the too much of it. But, you know, yeah. I think the things that Jackie talked about were all the things you need. But let's ask our readers and listeners. We ask them to send in their questions and complaints and comments about this topic. And if you want to do this in the future, you can do it by tweeting us with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. This week, we asked our listeners for their questions about back-to-school tech. Uh, Lauren, do you want to read the first question? Sure. The first question is from David V. He's at the zero DD one I think he has sent in a question before. Yeah. So thanks, David. He asks, what tech do you recommend for taking notes in class? What about tech for students who commute? Mm. Hashtag Too Embarrassed. Yeah. Jackie, so for taking notes? Note taken. Well, as kind of mentioned earlier, I think that a standard notepad and, you know, pen would be great. Um, And I think many students would agree. However, you know, I also did hear from some youngins who said that they did like taking notes on something like an iPad with the pencil or some other kind of stylus. Yeah, Yeah, that was a big deal. There was big written things that would do that, but sort of fell out of favor, right? That you write it, but then it records. Right. Yeah. I think there used to be, um, there used actually, yeah, there used to be tablets where you would write and it would try to translate your Mm -hmm. text into normal tech, like computer text. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that I think is still not, you know, I think Apple does an okay job of it, but like, it's, it's not awesome. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. think one thing why people do like using tablets for note taking is in like math and science courses where you have a lot of equations and just kind of non-standard markings that you're making. That is, at least, you know, compared to, say, taking notes on a computer, doing it on a tablet is way better. And I, I, when I kind of was talking about this with people yesterday, they were just saying, you know, if you're used to, like, say, taking notes on an iPad Pro, for example, and you do have, like, engineering courses or science courses or whatever, it does make it easy to then just save those things out into their own file. And then you can either share them with friends or print them out and, you know, mark them up further. So if you're not into the normal notebook and pen, I think a tablet would be cool. Mm-hmm. Liz okay. Lopato, the Virgis Science Editor, when I asked her about this, she was all about index cards, a pen, and notebooks. Right. She sent me a link to an NPR story that was about um, how writing is better for retention. information retention and you're processing the information differently and you're, you're giving it more context, like visual context when you're writing it down in notes. It helps you recall it better, like all that. She was like, just write down a pen and paper. But then other Verge people gave a variety of answers that, you know, from Evernote to field notes to simple note for all of their their favorite note-taking apps. There are a bunch out there. There's lots. What do you use, Kara? I just do Simple Note. I use Simple Note uh, from WordPress. I like it. It's Mm -hmm. just just a a thing. I don't use paper that much anymore. Sometimes I do. I can't read my own writing. That's really why. Um, But I use use Simple Note. I am surprised you don't use paper. I, like, envision people scribbling (laughs) notes for you on a newspaper and sticking (laughs) under a flower pot. and being Someone we know uses the tiny little notebooks, you know, those tiny little reporter. Hi, hi, give me the scoop. You know, I don't do that. (laughs) I I don't do that. I sometimes, you know, I I know it sounds crazy, but I have, like, very strong uh, recollection. And I've kind of, when people say things to me, I remember them and I go after I talk to them. I try not to have something between me and the people I'm covering, and then I write it. I run in the bathroom and write it down. 
but I, it depends. And then I check back, make sure I didn't get anything wrong. But I don't like uh, the pen and paper. I think it's for, as a reporter, I think it gets in the way. People realize I'm a reporter and then I can't fool them into telling me exactly can't what I want to do. fool them. I pretend I'm their friend. Yeah. And well, for students, for them. it sounds yes. like a good way to remember the information might write be to use down. paper and pen. And then if you need to back up your notes later on, then yeah. transcribe them later Sometimes on. And you know what? Then you write them down twice and you remember everything. Notes sometimes you too. could do that too. Yeah. You take pictures. I never remember the stuff I take pictures of with my phone. Though. Yeah, I do. I do. Someone shows yeah. a slide in class. And I like the tippity typing. I like the tippity typing. And then in terms of tech for students who commute, I would say refer back to earlier in podcast when Jackie mentioned battery packs because battery that packs. is going to save your life. Uh-huh. Okay, the next question is from Emanuele Breschke, who asks, will the iPad Pro plus Apple Pencil ever be able to totally replace actual notebooks for taking notes and stuff? I think that was a cat. And I'm That's so all right. Excited. I like a cat in I'm there. so excited. Lauren There's a likes cat. a cat. Sorry about the cat. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, I was very Can't, excited. Are you kidding? Lauren went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I put pro and pencil. A lot of people want to use Kitty, this. I've had lots of... Come join calm us. Calm down, Lauren. Um, let's get back to tech. Will, will that ever work? Because everyone's hoping for that, right? For I mean, I remember interviewing Bill Gates 15 years ago about the idea of a pencil and a pad, and mm-hmm. it's just not there yet. Yeah, for me, it's definitely not there. But again, you know, I may be biased towards towards the notebook and pen, but mm-hmm. I just think people want to like it, like you said. You know, there there are a lot of appealing elements to using an iPad Pro like that, but I don't, you know, I think for most people, there's something about it that's missing. There's something yeah. about that experience of, like, drawing or writing, and then maybe, too, if it's someone who's used to taking notes on a computer and typing, it might be even too, like, slow and annoying to yeah. use uh, something something like a tablet. Very good so point. I'm not totally sure. But I do think for certain kinds of people, I think for, like, illustrators, for example, it could really become a huge is, thing. Is it really hit? depends is on... Is pencil a big hit? I didn't buy one. I mean, interestingly, Steve Jobs, in an interview with me many, many years ago, was like, we're never going to have pencils. He was sort of against them, and <laughs> Bill yeah, Gates was. was for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you remember the style. Well, the pencil's quite nice, though. I'll give it that. Yeah, but I didn't it buy it. It is pretty nice. But why didn't I buy it? It's no. really, I find myself... Well, because then you have to buy the... For a while, you could only use it with the 12.9-inch giant expensive yeah. iPad Pro, and now you can use it with the smaller, or I should say regular-sized iPad Pro. But um, it only works with those two things. Like too much technology. But... Too much, and yeah. I lose it yeah. kind of thing. Um, how it might work for, like, designers and yeah. people who like to draw and things like that. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's the thing, is that I know a lot of designers and illustrators, and those are the people who love it the most, is, like, mm-hmm. those people. Right. And then otherwise, you know, I think there's a lot of regular people in the middle who are kind of like, yeah, I tried it, and it was okay for me, but it didn't, you know, it didn't stick. Absolutely. I mean, and let's not forget, Emmanuel, for, thank you for sending me your question, that if you're just hooked on the idea of a stylus and some type of notebook computer, you could also look at something like the Surface yeah. and spend a little less money than yeah. you would on the, mm-hmm. the giant That's iPad Pro. All right, the next question is from Tom Labetti at T. Labetti. Any OSX typing tutorials for young kids, third grade? Does that count as back to school? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You need yeah. to learn to type. You start to get those little laptops when you're in those grades, early grades. Man, so I Chromebook saw this says. on Twitter and I started to try and figure out the answer to this question and <laughs> I could not figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. I, there are some typing tutorial type apps on the App Store, but I have no experience with them. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure. I don't I have do. kids either. So. I do. I just make them type. <laughs> I just make them type. You know, there are there are typing programs, but you know, these kids already know how to type. You know, my kid knew how to type since he was like a toddler. He knew how to type on a keyboard, yep. a standard mm-hmm. keyboard yep. layout. Yep. yep. That's yep. pretty yep. that's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, I think they grow that's up with awesome. it. They grow yeah. up with it they on a phone first. Thumbs. And then you know, it was like when they were two and three, it was like iPhone, iPhone. Yeah. You know, they love yeah, but that's, di- that's a different type of typing. Like my eight year old niece thinks typing is it poop emoji. Yeah, that's true. 
They get they figure it out pretty quickly. I think. You mean it's not? It's not. <laughs> Everything is going to be in emojis. Don't you know that? Every That's true. They're not going to need to know how to type. They just need to have to point some to the, different emojis. Point to the smiley um, face. All right, let's get to the next one. All right, then. the next one. Yes, it's from TG. That's at Ty Gates on Twitter, who asks, my little cousin says the Wi-Fi sucks at his dorm. He told me about Amplify. Are you familiar with that brand. So I personally have never used a router like Eero or Luma or Amplify or anything like that. But Jackie, you mentioned you talked about this earlier. So what? So I kind of Googled it just to make sure I understood what it was um, after I saw that question. And it's a it's like a mesh network thing. So I think that is if you I guess my initial answer to this question is I don't think that that will help in a shitty Wi-Fi dorm mm-hmm. situation because probably you don't have control over the original Wi-Fi network to begin with. Right. And I, a product like Amplify is really meant for someone who is like, say, a homeowner where you do have control over the network. I think that if you're in a dorm and your Wi-Fi situation is bad, you may not even be able to do what I suggested earlier with the extender. Like you you may kind of be screwed. Um, when I was in college and we didn't even have Wi-Fi, I just ran a really long Ethernet cable yeah. out, <laughs> out into uh, the hallway. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But right? you may want to if your Wi-Fi is that bad. Yeah, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah. So if your dorm has Wi-Fi, but also you have Ethernet in your room, which I think a lot of dorms do, maybe not everyone, but I suspect many do, then you can probably still um, just plug in your own mm-hmm. router and actually just set up your own Wi-Fi network. Yep. So that's what I would do if I was in that situation. All right. The next question we actually got on Recode's Facebook. It's from Abdel Qadar Salami. Sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly. I hate Chromebooks, so what is the best alternative for a mid-range Windows notebook or laptop? So before we get into the answer, we should should note that Chromebooks are really fast-growing, and especially in the education market. Back in May, an analyst from IDC confirmed to The Verge that Chrome OS overtook the Mac OS yeah. in the U.S. in terms of shipments for the very first time in the first quarter of this year, and said, quote-unquote, Chromebooks are still largely a U.S. K-12 yes, story. So they're really big in education. Everybody super has cheap. Them. But if you don't want one... There are plenty of mid-range Windows options out there. Jackie, do you have any suggestions? Just just to be clear, the schools give them out, and you have to use them. You use the ones they have because they're all outfitted with all the schools. Oh, really? Are your kids using Chromebooks? Yep, they get them at the beginning of the year, and then they give them back. And there you go. There you go. They don't have a choice. I mean, they have a MacBook, too, and they can use it to go into cloud stuff, but they, they have the school ones, too. Yeah, so, I mean, Chromebooks are obviously beloved by many people, including students. But, I mean, one thing that we write in our own reviews is, like, obviously you cannot install a lot of native software. So if you are dependent. (laughs) That's why they have (laughs) Right. Right, right. And especially if you are a little older, like you're going to college, um, you know, a lot of times you will need some software, even if it's like the Mm -hmm. basics, you know, Mm -hmm. um, office and whatnot. So there is one notebook that we like that's kind of that mid-range sort of like Windows laptop that's about the same price as a Chromebook. And it's the Acer Aspire. Mm -hmm. It's like the 15-inch, I think, E5, 575. That one is pretty much, it has like all the same features that we like in an Ultrabook in terms of, you know, it has 8 gigs of RAM, it has like, you know, 802, 11 AC, Wi-Fi, all the best stuff, but it's a little bit bigger and chunkier. So that's basically what you get for paying half the price. Mm-hmm. And I think this one is like 
it's like five fifty or something. So it's about the same there. price as a Chromebook, but you can run uh, Windows software. Yeah, right, right. There's I think some other ones as well. Like HP has the Spectre X2 that's around six hundred mm-hmm. bucks. Another thing to keep in mind too is if you are a student or a teacher, a lot of these electronics makers will give you a discount yes. if you just prove or you know say you are a student or a teacher. So Lenovo does this, Apple does this. You can get something like the fifteen inch Lenovo Yoga Flex for around six hundred dollars. So there's a lot of choices savvy. out there. There's yeah, a lot of choices, there are a lot of choices, out. choices yes, out there. Absolutely. But what's interesting is they're not all jacked into the Mac system as they used to be. It used to be Macs. You used to save up coupons to get Macs for schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. It's not as strong as it used to be uh, with the schools. All right. Last question is from JP Balajadia at JP Balajadia. Why do schools still have books? Why isn't everything tablet-based? <laughs> You're right. Why have books? Why are we breaking kids' backs? Right. Books. They have books. They definitely have books. I don't know, Jack. Oh, man. They're not going think, to someday. Let's just be clear. <laughs> I think part of the reason why schools still use books as opposed to, I assume we're referring to the alternate being mm-hmm. like a Kindle-type like device yeah. or e-reader. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's easier to flip through and find, you know, I think, I think when you're using books as a reference and not necessarily as, you know, narrative reading material, it's just easier to use them that way. Like yep. they have better usability. Books, um, else, yeah. yeah. Like, can you just imagine trying to like flip through and find uh, some graphs that you saw, you know, in say an e-reader, it would be a pain. You know, <laughs> so, and it sounds dumb, but books work sometimes it's like an egg. The egg yeah. kind of works. Right? Yeah. And there's <laughs> also the funding yeah. issue too. I think yeah. a lot of the stuff we're talking about, generally speaking, we're yeah. assuming a certain amount of means on the part of the consumer or even the school system, but some school systems don't have the funding for right. all these advanced technologies. I mean, I, my mother is a retired school teacher, but she worked in an inner city public school system for her entire career. And they're always the last to get the newest technology. Yeah. And sometimes it's just not an so they option. are coming down in price and eventually mm-hmm. that will probably be the case. And eventually it will. And that's great because that also means that all the, the texts are be immediately updated. updatable. Right. And you're not dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, five-year-old yeah. outdated school books during an election year when maybe it actually makes sense to have the most up-to-date history you could yeah. possibly have or whatever it might be. Yeah. But, you know, it's not available to everybody that's for I think sure the combination of both books and technology is a good one still and then yeah, later the next another show we'll do backpacks and stuff like that yeah <laughs> i had to pick up my kids bag yeah. the other day and i literally almost like lost one of my, my <laughs> spine parts the verge recommends a backpack and they're back to really? school list but it's like some 230 dollar well, no, north you. face I'm or something it's really I, go to, I go to like walgreens and i grab it. the first thing yeah. i get that doesn't have like <laughs> I used to have a Jansport. Did you have a Jansport, Eric? Yes, Jackie. Did you have a Jansport? I think I had had the same one for like. I had a book bag. I had a book bag. Yeah. Oh man. Like that. Anyway, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. I'm so glad none of us are going to college right now. I don't want to go back to school now. Do you? I don't think it'd be fun. You did. I want to learn forever. And did that really? Did. Oh god. Hated school. I'll go back. Let's come up with another degree. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A master's of what? Life. Of nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of nothing. Yeah, He's seriously. A journalist is. All right, Jackie Chang of Wirecutter and Sweet Home, one of our favorite publications. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Yes, thank you, Jackie. And if you all enjoyed the episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask, and we'll give you an A plus if you do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> You, you gray grubber. Um, she, she's, a, she's a teacher's pet. And subscribing is great. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. That's iTunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask. You can also subscribe on, and there's going to be a quiz, Google Play Music, TuneIn, or Stitcher. 
for you to just go to the website. Just go to yeah. recode.net slash podcast. We got a whole bunch of stuff there for you. We do. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. There's also The Verge. We have a bunch of podcasts over there. Walt Mossberg and Eli Patel host Control, Walt Elite. Neilai also usually hosts The Verge cast, which is a lot of fun. Chris Plant has What's Tech, and Liz Lopato and Emily Yoshida host Verge ESP. All right, don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors, Casper, Qualcomm, and Videoblocks. Thanks to Jackie. Thanks to Lauren. Thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes this show. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. Tune in then. 